Hey, hockey moms, check out bluelinehockeyclub.com for all the past and future podcasts. Tonight's podcast is brought to you by... Toby Hockey has designed, tested, and developed a new carbon composite hockey stick that will change the way you play the game of hockey forever. The Toby Hockey Diamond Air Blade Hockey Stick is no ordinary stick or copycat repack technology. Hockey has never seen anything like this before. This patented, outside-the-box approach to blade design with its perforated cross-beam construction significantly increases swing speed. Built using 100% carbon fiber, we have eliminated the flimsy foam core for enhanced durability and a much larger sweet spot. This amazing hockey stick yields the most amazing feel and puck control ever seen in the game of hockey, guaranteed. Feel the future. Check out their webpage at tobyhockey.com and use coupon code INTROTOBY20 for an immediate 20% discount. That's tobyhockey.com and coupon code INTROTOBY20 for an immediate 20% discount on this amazing new technology. Welcome back to the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks. We have episode 56 coming at you tonight. We have the usual suspects in the house. We have our IT guy, our local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how are you, Mom and them? And our producer, Patrick Uncle Lardy Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And D-Train Hitu is in South Florida getting into one tonight, so he is absent. But we do have your host tonight of the Blue Line Hockey Club, Mark the Dr. Morley. Oh, doctor. Very special guest sitting in with the Blue Liners tonight. We have D3 Coach of the Year, uh, national champions out in Wisconsin-Stevens Point. And uh, perfect season for them. Uh, great season. And uh, it's been the first time that anybody in D3 has ever had a perfect season before. So uh, Tyler Kruger is with us tonight. What's up, Tyler? So much. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me out. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Tyler. Yeah, thanks appreciate a lot. It. So just uh, first off, let's uh, just talk about a little bit about your season and um, the first team ever to go undefeated in the Division Three level of men's hockey. Um, what was that like for your team this year? It was uh, it was special. It's, you know, the undefeated thing is something that we never, never talked about during the year. We just focused on winning every game and put ourselves in a spot to play in the last game of the year. And for us, our season's a little bit we we kind of focus on our season a little bit differently than you know every other team in the country because our our conference is the only conference in the country uh, D1 or D3 where we don't have an automatic bid because we don't know a lot we don't have teams in our conference so for us we can't we know that we can't be uh, average of the road team the 500 team and then get hot down the stretch and bank on winning our conference tournament to get uh, an A2 into the tournament we have to get one of the four large bids. So every game is just of uh, that much more magnitude for us. So, you know, every game is of urgency and importance, and essentially we're in playoff mode all year long. So that's kind of how we approach it. And 
you know, we got on a roll pretty early. Uh, we didn't lose a whole lot from the year before. So we, we, it was a team that jailed early, found its identity pretty quick, got on a hot streak and it kept winning. And the undefeated thing really never came into our minds or uh, never got brought to us until, you know, we made the NCAA tournament at 26-0-2. And obviously from there, I know we had to win and then people started to bring it up, but it was something that we didn't really care about. We just wanted to win the, win the final game of the year. And, um, it was a special, special group from day one, and I, I can't say enough good things about that about the guys in the team and, and that group as a whole. Yeah, definitely, Tyler. You guys won that championship at home, so that had to be pretty cool. Um, you also won a national championship with uh, Wisconsin, Stevens Point, in 2016, and you were a player. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I uh, my senior year, that was 2014, 2014. That was the first year that we made the tournament um, at, at Stevens Point in a long time. But we actually lost in the national championship game to St. Norbert. Um, I was a senior on that team. The following year, I got into coaching and um, was on the team that we lost in the championship game again to Trinity. And then uh, in 2016, was my second year of coaching. We actually beat St. Norbert finally in the championship game and won. It was it was amazing for our program. It just uh, kind of paved a new way, and it was a program that obviously had a lot of success, winning four championships in the early '90s, late '80s, and had some dog years. Uh, it it was just good to see the the former alumni come back and the pride that they had, and you know, happy where the program where is where it's at, and it was where it was. And I said to the guys this year too, it's you know the success that we had this year as a group was didn't just happen overnight you know, we stood on the shoulders of a lot of guys who built the foundation for our program and you know, it's just fun to see the community and the members of a of our rooster club that have been there through the the good and the bad and the former alumni to, to come back and be proud of wisconsin Stevens point again so it, it's a blast yeah so um you were an assistant coach at Stevens Point before this. Was there something that you took from um, the previous coach that helped you learn to become a better head coach um, going forward? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was an assistant coach for three years under Chris Brooks, who is now an uh, assistant coach at Michigan Tech. And I was a player under him as well. And, and for both sides of it, I learned a ton. You know, he came in and changed the culture of this program, just kind of expectations and the standards to which we now call our pointer culture. And, as a coach, I learned a ton from him. You know, I was very young, obviously starting out uh, my first coaching job and I kind of learned everything I know from him and it took what I, I learned from him and our philosophy aligns in a lot of places, but uh, he left to go to Michigan Tech. I got an interim job at, at a young age at a premier program and I tried to take advantage of it and uh, I took what I learned from him and tried to put my own spin on a few things and um, yeah, just try to keep this program and try to actually you know, maintain and also evolve the success that we had a little bit into something greater. Yeah, Tyler, you're pretty young. You're what, 28? How old are you? 28, yep. Yep, 28. Yeah. So it's got to be, it had to be surreal, you know, winning that championship. You know, what was it like when you actually, when it actually sunk in and uh, did you do anything crazy? Did you go on vacation or uh, take a little trip for a while? No, actually, uh surreal you know it's one of those moments that uh, it was a surreal season and it was kind of just a, a good fitting into it obviously when it at home um but i was a part of the i feel blessed that at a young age i was a part of the, the championship in my second year of coaching in 2016 and you know up to that point i would felt like i was chasing a championship um because you know i thought it was going to make me it was going to make life complete you know winning that championship then you're just going to live the rest of your life happy and uh you know things are <laughs> going to be great moving forward and that's that's not the case you know all the 
all the fun and the hoorah and the party and the celebration ends after a couple of weeks. And then, you know, you're the same person you were before. So Back you know, going into going into the last couple of years and this year in the championship run, um, you know, we have a saying in our locker room that you gotta, you gotta enjoy the journey along the way. You know, we're chasing something, we're chasing the national championship, but who you become um, as a result of that chase is kind of the most important thing. And that's kind of the message that I sent to the group all year long. And we just tried to enjoy the journey and, you know, these guys have learned a lot about themselves uh, and as the group as a whole along the way. And that's kind of what's going to take you in life, um, the lessons that they learned along the way and who they become. You're going to have a big target on your back this year. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind yeah. of curious, Tyler, for an undefeated season, you know, you said you guys didn't focus on it, which is great, but there had to be some point where you're winning games and you're hitting those streaks where you had to feel that there was, you know, possibly something special there. Did you just completely block it out and didn't look at it at all? Yeah, like I said, it was weird. You know, it wasn't something that was hyped up by the media or something that people were really talking about on the other side of things where I think it was always in the back of people's mind here and there, but our focus because of the situation we were in is always on the next game. You know, we focus on every game like it's a, the biggest game uh, of our season. And to be undefeated is something that it's just never probably won't happen again um, for a long time. And there were a lot of games where we didn't have our A game, but we found ways to win those games. You know, we, we didn't have our A game. We, we were, you know, tied in a game late in the third period and, you know, we're playing our best uh, or got in the penalty trouble and we found a way to win different ways. Um, it wasn't always just if you look at our season, we played, I told you guys earlier, in our 25 regular season games, 19 of them, we were in six on five coverage at the end of the game, meaning, you know, the game was close. It wasn't just six on six to one blowouts um, in those games that we played. We played in a lot of tight games and found ways to win different ways, whether that be with our special teams, um, getting it, getting through to a hot goalie or, uh, you know, just getting a timely goal. But the team just was, had a different mindset. I think there's one stat that hasn't been thrown on a lot by a lot of people, but it kind of tells how dominant this team was that we, I don't know, I think we played almost 2,000 minutes of hockey um, throughout the whole season, and we trailed in 41 minutes during 2,000 minutes. So 2.4% wow. of the time, we, we actually trailed. You know, the rest of the time, we were either even or ahead, and that just kind wow. of uh, resilient in a nutshell, I guess, of what this team was, yeah. So, you know, being so young, what is, you know, so close out of being a player, what are you bringing as a player to coaching? Tell us about the transition you know, from you being basically fresh, uh, what, four years out of playing to coaching and yeah. winning a national title? Yeah. This is my... You bring across for coaching. Yeah, I mean, it, I guess I, I learned the biggest way of what I liked uh, in my former coaches and what I would do differently. And I knew how kind of I like to be coached and how I think my teammates like to be coached. And, you know, I'm a millennial. Uh, the kids I coach are millennials, quote unquote. You know, that's the big tag term nowadays millennials and they need to be coached differently you know the, the days of the bob knight autocratic style of coaching just telling a person to do something is over um you have to have that connection and that communication and individual relationship with each player and you know instead of just telling five guys to go out there and run a power play because this is the way i say we should do it you know get their intake on things um you know, kind of say, this is why I think you should be in this spot. This is why I like this way. What do you think about this? Giving them some input on things a little bit here and there, kind of just earning their trust over that course of uh, communication one-on-one and as a group is pivotal. So I think it helps me being younger, just uh, being able to relate to them as a person and as a, as a friend, as a mentor, um, but also 
you know, kind of having to be the leader at times and make tough decisions. It's worked out so far, and I think that uh, I have a pretty good relationship with our guys. Yeah, this will be a yeah, good I'm sure, you know. for you and recruiting and <clears throat> a big help there for, you know, getting the next class in and all that stuff. Yeah, it, it's huge. Um, obviously, winning helps with recruiting, but, you know, us being a state school, you know, I know some of you guys are from sunny, somebody sent it to sunny Canton and, and sunny, sunny Morrisville and, and Potsdam, and those are state schools as well. And, you know, private schools have an advantage when it comes to getting kids in at the Division three level because they can offer – you know, financial aid packages, this or that, uh, some different things that we can't do as a state school. You know, we have different restrictions we're under, and, you know, winning obviously helps, but we're at the point now where our culture kind of drives our recruiting. You know, the, the word gets out, and I, I say all the time that my best recruiters are my current players. The hockey world is small. Yeah, uh, absolutely, they talk. Whatever, whatever, whoever we're looking at, somebody knows somebody or played with somebody or knows somebody who played with somebody, yeah. and... Yeah. You know, if I give our, our players the best experience possible, they're going to be my best recruiters. Yeah, for sure. So, Tyler, um, you know, just for our listeners a little bit, uh, just give us a little background of, like, where you came from, where you started playing hockey, and, you know, how you ended up at uh-huh. uh, Stevens Point. Yeah, so I'm, I'm actually originally from Stevens Point. I, uh, oh, I grew up here. I played high school here. For three years, I went down and played AAA hockey for the Madison Capitals my senior year, and then I went on and played juniors at uh, – Kind of all my place. I was literally in a suitcase. I played in British Columbia. I played in Wichita Falls, Texas. Uh, I played in Wasilla, Alaska. Wow. Ended up arriving back at Stevens Point. My my current my high school coach at Stevens Point was Will Nickel, and uh, at the time I was playing juniors, he took the Stevens Point college job. I ended up coming back there, and he's now uh, the director of player development for the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh wow! So I ended up there. Ended up there, and then in my sophomore year. He left, and Chris Brooks came, and just kind of changed the way of corner hockey and the culture. And you know, I wanted to offer him, like I said, and just kind of stepped into the role of coaching. It was something that I really never wanted to do, or never really thought of doing, um, until it kind of came out. You know, things kind of came out a roundabout way, and he needed some help. I stepped in, and the rest is kind of right place, right time, and taking advantage of it. So, are you um, getting a lot of recruits right from the local area? I know, like. You know, in SUNY Potsdam, SUNY Canton, you know, stuff like that. They get a lot of local guys, but they also get, you know, people from out of the area. But do you focus on recruiting Wisconsin players or just all over the place? Yeah, it's kind of ironic. We actually we had 29 players this year, and only two of them were from the state of Wisconsin. Wow. <laughs> and that's – it's just kind of uh, – can't, you can't really put your finger on what it is. The Wisconsin hockey is getting a lot better. Um, the kids are getting D1 scholarships here and there, but – the Wisconsin kids that are here kind of want to go somewhere else. And for us, the majority of our kids come from the Midwest, to, you know, Minnesota, Chicago, Michigan, um, Ohio, those kind of things. And then we have, we have a kid from Texas that so we have actually six or seven Canadians on our team. So it's, it's a little bit of all over actually. Wasn't there like a new rule now that you can only have so many Canadians 